Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. I'm Zach Clancy. Each episode, we usually explore a topic in education that's related to my doctoral dissertation. But this episode, we're having a special throwback edition. As longtime listeners of the show will know, Season 1 of Teacher Talk had a slightly different format and a slightly different intended audience. Uh, Instead of having teachers as an intended audience and having a focus on my dissertation, Season 1 was for a general audience as well as teachers, and it focused on educators who'd made a contribution to the field of education that could in some way be used by K-12 educators. Last semester in my doctoral program for my curriculum studies class, I had to do a fairly lengthy biography about curriculum theorist Wayne Au. And as we'll see, he's an interesting character. He and I have some things in common. Uh, We both have a background in social studies. Neither of us are fond of charter schools. Uh, We both dislike high-stakes testing. And we both advocate for multicultural education. And both of us have concerns with the hidden curriculum in education. However, that's where the similarities pretty much end. Ao has published dozens of articles. He's on the editorial board of several leading journals. He's held numerous prestigious positions in higher education. Interestingly, I'm like one degree of separation from him. Um, He knows a good friend of mine, a colleague with whom I worked with as a teenager and into my early 20s, you know, way back in the 1900s. So anyway, with that said, now it's time for Collaboration Corner. And this week's Collaboration Corner shout-out goes to friend of the show, Oscar Stanton, at teachcow.com. It's home of the Teachers Talk Live internet TV show. It's a live weekly show with expert teachers discussing hot topics in the fields of education. And it's free to all. It's viewable on Google Hangouts. And it's cool. It's interactive. The audience can ask questions of the members on the panel. Um, When I first met Oscar, the show was about all that he was doing. And I had maybe like a thousand Twitter followers. And I'm pretty sure I had like at least twice, if not three times, as many followers as he did. And uh, now I have just over 2,000 followers, and he's got, like, 6,500. So, you know, he's got, he's got over three times as many as I do. Um, and teachcow.com now has blogs and articles written by a bunch of different educators, and it has access to educational materials for all grade levels, um, as well as it also is still home of Teachers Talk Live. Anyway, it's pretty cool. Check it out. Shows air every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'm actually going to be a panelist on the show on February 10th. The topic of conversation that evening is going to be effective parent-teacher communication. So feel free to check it out. You can go to teachcow.com and they'll have a link to it. It's available through Google Hangouts. I hope you tune in. mentioned a minute ago. This is going to be a two-parter, and in the first part, we are going to talk about Wayne Au's 
biographical background information. We're going to talk about his scholarly influences, and then we're going to talk about one of his many contributions to the field of education. And then in the second part of the episode, we are going to look at a couple of the other contributions he's made to the field of education um, and some other things. We'll get into that a little bit later. Don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So with that said, here is our biographical information about Wayne Now. Um, He is a curriculum theorist whose work focuses on social justice. He is currently an associate professor in the School of Educational Studies at the University of Washington, Bothell. Um, After attending the Seattle Public School System and graduating from Garfield High School, Au earned his bachelor's degree in liberal studies from the Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington in 1994. Two years later, he completed his master's degree at Evergreen State College. And while at Evergreen, he taught for Upward Bound, which is a federally funded program designed to help prepare high school students from low-income families um, who are the first generation in their family to go to college for the transition into higher education. His work with Upward Bound took him to South Seattle Community College in Seattle, Washington, where he taught history in the late 1990s. Al then returned to Garfield High School, from where he graduated, uh, to teach social studies and language arts for the 2000-2001 school year, uh, which is the year I graduated high school, by the way. Anyway, he briefly relocated to Berkeley, California, where he taught social studies and language arts at Berkeley High School. And during this time, Al published dozens of articles, including several reviews of popular cinema and educational literature, as well as an interview with Gloria Ladson-Billings in the social justice-oriented journal Rethinking Schools. Um, And he did that shortly before he joined the editorial board in 2003. Uh, Al relocated again, and this time to Madison, Wisconsin, where he was the clinical supervisor of secondary social studies student teachers at the University of Wisconsin. And uh, at the same time, he was also working on his PhD in curriculum and instruction uh, with a major in curriculum theory and a minor in educational policy. Um, And he completed that in 2007. After doing that, after he finished his doctorate, he was an assistant professor of curriculum studies, educational research, and multicultural education in the Department of Secondary Education at California State University in Fullerton, California. Al's dissertation was titled Unequal by Design, High Stakes Testing and the Standardization of Inequality, which was also the title of his first book, uh, which he published in 2009. Michael Apple was the chair of Al's dissertation committee, of which Gloria Ladson Billings was also a member. Uh, Al has collaborated with Apple numerous times since then. They've co-edited two books, the Rutledge International Handbook of Critical Education, and Major Works in Critical Education. Uh, And they've co-authored multiple articles, publishing one, a review of a book about critical pedagogy before Ao even completed his doctoral program, um, and a review of a book about Paulo Freire shortly afterwards. And uh, Paulo Freire is an educator that was featured in episode or season one of Teacher Talk. So if you haven't listened to that episode uh, and you'd like to, feel free to go back. It is in the archives um, that are available in iTunes and also at our home on the web at teachertalkwithzachclancy.com. So I thought this was pretty cool. Wayne out describes himself as a former DJ as well as a fan of hip-hop music. And um, this isn't just an interesting factoid. It's... 
Wayne Alice actually incorporated hip-hop lyrics into his classroom teaching practices when he was teaching at the high school level, and he's also used them as an analytical device to critique the education that school systems provide to African-American students. And prior to writing about curriculum theory, Ao wrote articles that had to do with um, things like the consequences of No Child Left Behind and the education of student activists in the months leading to the 1999 World Trade Organization Conference that was held in Seattle, Washington. Ao also wrote critiques of a policy reform that essentially eliminated multicultural education in a public school system. He's also written about uh, resistance to colonialism in modern-day Hawaii. His cultural identity also informs his work. In one of his articles on decolonizing students' classroom experiences, he shares his own experiences as a student of mixed white and Chinese cultural identity in an African-centric multicultural social studies slash language arts classroom. So like I just said, Ao is half white and half Chinese, um, and on his mom's side, Ao can trace his family's origins to the second or third ship after the Mayflower. So, you know, like back to the pilgrims, basically. And uh, on his dad's side of the family, um, they migrated from China to Hawaii in the 1880s. Um, so, you know, his family's Hawaiian. Um, they've, they've been there for several generations. Anyway, his uh, personal cultural background has influenced many of the works he's published like I just mentioned. Um, and so he's currently an editorial board member of Rethinking Schools and a member of National Organizations for Social Studies and Multicultural Education, as well as the American Educational Research Association, of which I am also a member. Uh, I joined very recently, uh, like after writing the paper that became this episode, but before uh, recording this episode. Anyway, Ao is also a member of the American Educational Studies Association, and he currently teaches courses such as Topics in Education and Popular Culture, Hip-Hop and Education, as well as Topics in Education and Popular Culture, Taking Teachers to the Movies. Um, he also teaches cor courses on self-understanding organizational change and curriculum, um, instruction and assessment in secondary social studies. So as you can see, Ao is a fairly accomplished educator with an innovative approach to the field. Given the extent of their relationship, to describe Michael Apple as merely one of Ao's scholarly influences is not inaccurate, but it's somewhat incomplete. Apple was also a mentor to Ao, as well as a chair of Ao's dissertation committee. And since the completion of his doctoral studies, Ao has begun to operate as a contemporary who seems to collaborate with Apple as an equal. So additionally, Ao and Apple have co-authored numerous articles, multiple books, and uh, shortly after relocating to Fullerton, Ao and Apple co-authored a review of a collection of essays called Rethinking Frere. So in this review, Ao demonstrates a strong in-depth understanding of Paulo Freire's theory of knowledge and uses it to make a compelling case that the book's editors had a quote-unquote, misunderstanding of Freire's ideas, um, and it, specifically those concerning the notion of individuality as understood from a non-Western perspective, as Paulo Freire would have, um, in addition to the interconnectedness between individuals and the world around them, and the nature of the quote-unquote dialectical logic, uh, which is one of 
Paulo Freire's concepts, which I don't believe I go into in the episode in season one. Um, if I ever do a follow-up episode, however, I could go into that. So if that's something people are interested in, you know, please feel free to let me know. All my contact info will be in the show notes. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. Uh, anyway, Al really goes on to take one of the editors to task, uh, a guy named Chet Bowers. Um, and like I said, Ao takes him to task for doing himself a disservice by making overgeneralized statements about a universalized and stereotyped image of a Frarian educator. And that's according to the article by Michael Apple and Wayne Ao. Anyway, Ao made a bold yet substantiated claim about a work edited by an author who'd been publishing articles related to curriculum studies since the early 1970s. And like I said, this was like in 2007. So, you know, just nine years ago. Um, and in doing so, Ao demonstrated not only his understanding of Freire's works, but also the significant influence of Freire's ideas. And two months after the review's publication, Ao expanded and elaborated his argument uh, in an article titled Epistemology of the Oppressed, where he further explores the cause and consequences of epistemological and political misunderstandings related to critical pedagogy. And Ao later developed a methodological tool to overcome the aforementioned quote-unquote ongoing epistemological and political tensions within the field of curriculum studies, um, which is something I'll discuss a little bit more in part two of this episode, but I thought it was really interesting because it was sort of... Um, you know, Chet Bowers never really responded to Wayne Ao in publicly in print anywhere that I could find. Um, but at the same time, he managed to kind of carve out this niche for himself in the field. Anyway, I'm going to now discuss Wayne Ao's contributions to the field of education, sort of break them down by theme. Um, so you can sort of separate his major books and articles into three not necessarily mutually exclusive categories, um, and those are high-stakes testing is the first one, second is corporate influence in education, and the third one is critical pedagogy and multicultural education. And the final two categories encompass two areas of study that could be separated into two categories. However, a majority of works could be categorized under each, each area of study. Um, so for that reason, I, I think it makes sense to lump them together into one category. Um, you know, there's definitely been a lot, much more written about cultural pedagogy and multicultural education than there has, for instance, about high-stakes testing, um, as I will talk about here in a minute. But and the amount of works that uh, Wayne Ao has um, in those three areas is sort of equal, um, his significant works, that is. So anyway, like I said, uh, we're going to be looking at the first contribution of this episode, and then we'll be starting part two with the second and third uh, themes. Um, so anyway, with that said, the first thing we're going to talk about is Wayne Al's contribution to the field of education that is related to high-stakes testing. And high-stakes testing is arguably his niche area of study. Um, while his earliest articles to be published in academic journals addressed issues such as colonization in education in Hawaii and the use of hip-hop music to teach high school language arts, um, his dissertation and his first academic book were about high-stakes testing. 
So from 2008 to 2012, he seems to have focused much of his uh, writing on things like critical pedagogy and multicultural education. However, since then, for the past three or four years, um, a lot of his major works have had to do with high-stakes testing. And um, like I said, it's, it's one of those areas in education um, that Al has written about um, prior to the completion of his doctoral dissertation. One of his first published writings to explore high-stakes high testing was about accountability testing in Texas. So the three areas into which Iowa's works can be categorized are by no means mutually exclusive, and his review of the book Leaving Children Behind, How Texas-Style Accountability Fails Latino Youth, which is edited by Angelina Valenzuela, exemplifies Iowa's work that transcends the boundaries between multiple areas. So the article argues that high-stakes testing is based on a quote-unquote corporate model of accountability. And he highlights a chapter that details how Texas State, the Texas State education system uh, had massaged the statistics to give the appearance that the race-based achievement gap was closing when the gap was not actually closing. And it seems that Al, whether he was consciously aware of it or not, took steps towards establishing himself as a big fish in the relatively smaller pond of high-stakes testing. Uh, more specific than literature that merely addresses the notion of standardized assessment, which is a broad category encompassing matters such as quantitative psychometrics, the area of high-stakes testing can arguably be seen as social justice-oriented, as it is often, but not mutually exclusive, used by those who are critical of high-stakes testing. Um, at the same time, I feel like there's also a, a subset of people um, who use it who are fans of the practice. Um, they seem to be sort of trying to reclaim it and, and do away with its sort of derogatory, derisive connotations. Um, but regardless, the, the body of literature pertaining to high-stakes testing is dwarfed in comparison by the literature associated with multicultural education and critical pedagogy. Um, so to put it into perspective, um, I did an internet database book search for high-stakes testing, um, and it yielded less than one-third of the results for multicultural education. And so when I combined those results with the results for critical pedagogy, uh, the sum is almost seven times the size of the body of literature associated with high-stakes testing. And that's even after I accounted for, um, you know, literature that would have come up under both searches, the one for critical pedagogy and multicultural education. So, like I said, there is a lot more that has been written about uh, multicultural education and critical pedagogy, but uh, Wayne Au has, you know, written a comparable amount related to those two things as he has about high-stakes testing. But regardless, he has, I feel like, established himself as one of the leading voices in both of those fields. So after publishing his dissertation on high-stakes testing in 2007, I'll publish two articles related to testing before publishing the book version of his dissertation. So in the first article, Ao took a concept that had been explored over multiple chapters in his dissertation, which is the new middle class, and he synthesized it into a single article. Um, shortly after the book version of his dissertation was published, Ao published an article about the ramifications of high-stakes testing in the Seattle public school system, uh, a system in which he was a student as well as a teacher. So in addition to applying the general ideas of his dissertation to his specific geographic location in his scholarly writings, Ao also published articles that relate high-stakes testing to the subjects 
the academic subjects, I should say, that he taught at the high school level. And while his works are firmly planted within the area of high-stakes testing, they still relate to other areas of Ao's expertise. Um, so the interplay between his classroom experiences in a K-12 setting and his academic studies is something that Ao has explored in many works, many of his writings. So, for example, in 2013, he co-authored an article advocating for quote-unquote creative maladjustment within English classrooms as a way to incorporate multicultural education into um, you know, a curriculum that has been strongly influenced by corporate interests. And he's also written on the impact of high-stakes testing on social studies. And he, he looked at material from uh, different chapters in his dissertation by examining how the hidden curriculum as well as classroom control and social inequality are perpetuated by high-stakes testing in social studies education. Um, so in this instance, Ao has created a sort of hermeneutic circle that is triangulated uh, based on his own personal interests, his classroom teaching experiences, and his academic studies. So considering the relatively small size of area of study, Ao has arguably established himself as one of the leading voices in high-stakes testing and education. And uh, Ao's 2012 collaboration, a book called Pencils Down, Rethinking High-Stakes Testing and Accountability in Public Schools, suggests um, to me also that Ao is one of the well-respected voices in this area of the study. And, um, you know, arguably his position in this area of study is also made evident by his work on high-stakes testing being included in the Curriculum Studies Reader, which is co-edited by uh, Flinders and Thornton. It came out in 2013. I'll uh, put a, its information in the show notes. But anyway, this book, it's, it's a collection of essays written by the leading minds in the field of U.S. Curriculum Studies over the past 100, 120 years. So while Ao is a well-known curricular theorist, it makes little sense to use curriculum studies as a tool to categorize his work, because virtually all of his work addresses curriculum matters in one way or another, regardless of whether or not he uses the term curriculum studies. And the same can be said of matters related to social justice and education. So while those areas of study will appear repeatedly in Ao's biographical information, they are not effective distinctions with which to categorize Ao's works. Um, so while Ao's works can be categorized into three non-mutually exclusive categories, um, you know, at the same time, his works could probably also be organized onto a continuum by the extent to which any particular writing addresses curricular matters, or, you know, organized that same way by the extent to which social justice issues are addressed. Um, so, you know, with that said, a substantial, um, and somewhat sort of mutually exclusive portion of Ao's work can be categorized under the broad banner of being either critical pedagogy or multicultural education. And substantial overlap exists between those two areas. Um, but we are not going to talk about that. That's just, I guess, a little bit of a preview of coming attractions for next week's episode. So there you have it so far. Part one of Way Now. Let me know what you think so far. Um, you can get a hold of me at teachertalkwzc at gmail.com, on Twitter at teachertalkwzc, and at our home on the web at teachertalkwzclancy.com. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes. All you have to do is search for Teacher Talk. Um, and while you're there, please feel free to rate and review the show. And you can leave me any questions, comments, or suggestions you might have for future episodes. 
That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.